I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You are listening to episode 86. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, this morning, I am with my beloved friend, Karen Miller. She is my life coach. And the other day in our appointment that we were doing, she was giving me some self-care tips. And I thought, oh, all these sweet families that listen to this podcast need this information. And so I have corralled her to share it with you. So welcome, Ms. Karen. Thank you so much, Carol, for this opportunity to share with your wonderful audience. Thank you. So Karen, you have pretty much done it all. You run a ministry called strengthenyourleadership.com is your website. And you coach, you really started as a leadership coach, but how has that morphed into even a broader spectrum? Mm -hmm. Yes, it did start out as um, coaching leaders, especially pastors and church planters. But as people got to know who I was, It really turned into life coaching, which is how I connected with Carol. Mm -hmm. And the life coaching is I actually coach a lot of moms and dads Mm -hmm. um, in their life and when they get stuck in certain areas. And so one of the areas I have found is self-care. And Mm -hmm. it's always been a passion of mine because I will confess that when I was early on as a young mom, I was not good at Mm self-care. Welcome to the club. <laughs> and there's just so, so much survival. Yes. I mean, you're just holding on by a thread, just praying that you just get them down at night before you die. You know, there's just this survival gasp of, yes. of living when you're a parent. Yes. Yeah. And I find that one of the things that, particularly moms, but also dads, they just carry guilt. Mm. I've never... Whenever I meet women, um, my husband used to say, I think women are the most guilt-ridden people in the world. (laughs) And I said, it's true. And he'd always be like, well, why do you always feel guilt? And I'm like, because I'm trying to do this and trying to be a good mom and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be a good worker. And Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so, um, and he didn't believe me. I mean, he believed me, but then one time he took over a magazine uh, called Today's Christian Woman and he was in a meeting with all women because they were all the editors, and they started talking about topics for women, and one of them talked about guilt. And so every woman around the room said that they felt guilt. So Did he came home. They all groaned. When they he all said- groaned. He groaned, and then he said he came home that day and told me, "Okay, now I believe you. I believe you that you deal with guilt, and yeah. lots of women do." So. Yes, yes. So Karen, share some of the the practical tools of how to survive and thrive as parents what what are some ways that will get us across the finish line yes well one of the first things that comes to mind and this is going to be counterintuitive and you're all going to say we don't have time or money for this but is that um you have to have a date night Mm -hmm. my husband and i started early on where we hardly had any money and we did a date night every Thursday night. Mm. And 40 years later, we still do a date night every Thursday night. <laughs> and, um, you know, when the kids were younger, it had to be creative. And, of course, you put the kids to bed and you're trying to spend time together and you're both tired. But it really has to be a habit. And I'm amazed at the number of couples that I meet with that don't. So at least once a month, twice a month. But it has to be intentional and consistent. 
And some couples, um, I was blessed because I was so tired that my husband would plan the date. And then um, some couples take turns. Okay, and so you said you put the kids to bed. So are you saying that sometimes you just stayed home and had your date night? Or how did you do it? Yes, sometimes you just stay home. Okay. And we'd intentionally play a game together Mm -hmm. or talk about a book that we were reading together Mm. or just have conversation. You know, sometimes you don't even know what to talk about. There's (laughs) lots of conversation starters out there on phone apps. Um, In fact, Mm. we just got one to talk about on our 40th anniversary week. Um, You know, we've known each other since we were teenagers. (laughs) But I didn't want to talk about church or work or kids, so it was really fun. I actually learned things about Kevin that I didn't know. Seriously. Yeah. See, that's being intentional in a relationship. Right. Sometimes relationships, any even friendships, can get so stale. Yes. And I think as parents, all you talk about is the problem with Joey and why he doesn't do this and Susie, we're worried about her. Exactly. You're talking about your children all the time or your finances. But to say, okay, we're leaving all that at the door, and this is about courtship. This is about we're on our first date, and we're getting to know each other, but we've known each other 40 years. Who cares? How can we rekindle that interest of giving your spouse the intentionality that we give our friends? Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, it's a night that then actually our kids got to know even now, our adult children, they know on Thursday night, mom and dad are busy. Yes. Um, and then also our friends. So, you know, it's really intentional in people knowing that's not a night that we can get You're together or go to a meeting. Right. So. And you're modeling for other people what looks healthy. Yeah. You know, for you're modeling healthiness to people who are kind of struggling. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And when the marriage works, you know, not everything is simple in life, but when the marriage is strong, mm. you know, you can definitely then deal with the children and life more. That's right. And so I was a therapist for years, and one of the things that when couples would come in, they just didn't have the relationship anymore because they didn't focus on that. That's so. right. That's right. You know, a fun little story, I was babysitting my grandchildren one night, and um, my granddaughter was, oh, maybe nine or 10 at the time. And my kids were, you know, son and daughter-in-law were going out on a date. And, and my little granddaughter got her nose a little bit up in the air about this. And she was tiffed that she wasn't included in this event, you know. And my son, who's a very busy pastor, sat her down and said, let me just clarify something, sweetie. Mommy always will come first yes and that's the best way that i can love you children is if i put mommy first then mommy and i will be better parents and you will feel safer and happier in your childhood if you know that mommy and daddy come first in each other's lives and then you follow that's a great story i remember my husband kevin would say to particularly my daughter (laughs) that the same thing your mom comes first and he always he made it into a practical action. When he came home from work, he would always look for me first and yes. give me the first kiss. Yes. And there were many times when she, he was, she was little, he'd be coming in with her hanging on his leg because she was determined she was going to get the first kiss. But I always got the first kiss and she got the second. Yes. That is such an important principle. Uh, the small group leader of my small group told me that he used to come home and he would 
greet his little baby first and she just was very restless and didn't she didn't have a lot of peace and the lord showed john and his wife that he was out of order mm -hmm. that as much as he was excited to see that little baby he needed to be more excited to see his wife and Amen. that that created security in his baby whether yes. she consciously knew it or not oh yeah Definitely. Oh, that's so, so good. good. Yeah. So, Karen, okay, date night, what else? Well, I think the other things that moms deal with is, you know, that connection with the Lord and staying connected to Jesus. And, um, and so I think one of the things that my spiritual director always told me, she's with the Lord now, mm. is to be kind to yourself. Mm. You just need to be kind to yourself and give yourself the grace that you would give someone else. Oh, so what does that and look so like? And so that means just grace yourself. You're in a season of time that's really difficult to, you know, we hear about the hour quiet time. Well, I've not met any mom that spends an hour quiet time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I really pray for young moms and older moms that you don't carry that guilt, that you walk in God's grace. And there's other ways to do it. You know, you can have um, like Susanna Wesley, I was just reading about her again, and she was a mother of, what did you say, Carol? Well, I think she had 17 births, but 13 children who grew into adulthood. Several yes. children died of childhood diseases. And she ended up, you know, she was a great teacher, and she ended up having all these people fill her kitchen yes. because they were so hungry for teaching. Yes. But she had a policy that when her apron was up, that over she, her over her head, that she was praying, and Amen. the children didn't bother her. And so, you know, part of it is training our children. I mean, this is all about... How do we raise our children to also respect that mom has space and mom is with the Lord? And so I've always been touched by that story. Also, I think about Brother Lawrence. He was a monk, which is hard to think about just having all day long. But even he was busy. And so he, he would, worked in the kitchen. He worked okay. in the kitchen. And so he would just pray doing the dishes. And I found that was really helpful for me as a young mom mm -hmm. that I would pray as I was, you know, in the kitchen, pray as I was changing the diaper. Amen. Um, and just making, you know, it's about a relationship with God. It's not about all the disciplines that we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ruth Bell Graham talked about how she would always keep her Bible open on the counter mm -hmm. as she was doing dishes. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to just have those God moments in your day. It won't look the same when your children are little as it will look like as right. they, you know, when they're driving, you can put your feet up and have your tea and spend that hour that you've dreamed about. But right. when they're so little, I think it's just getting fed where you can. Right. Yeah. And I like to listen to teaching a lot. Yes. So I like to listen to my pastor who's gone to be with the Lord, Chuck Smith. I listen to him all the time. The other day, my son called and I had to quick turn it off as I was answering the phone. He goes, are you listening to Chuck? I said, oh, every day. Because <laughs> like, if you're doing dishes or if you're taking a bath or right. if you're folding laundry, why not be feeding your spirit exactly. while you're doing it? Yeah. I found an app called Pray As You Go. Mm -hmm. And it's about 12, 13 minutes where they play a little music and then scripture and ask some questions. And so I've suggested that to a lot of moms, and they'll listen to it. And some of them listen to it as they're running their kids here and there. Yes. And I have a mom recently that shared with me that the kids actually asked, <laughs> Mom, why aren't we listening to Pray As You Go? <laughs> I love and it. And so, you know, it's there again. It's just an inspiration to your children. And some people felt guilty because they're like, yeah, but that's not sitting and right. listening to the scripture. Right. 
And I'm like, you know, you just need to get scripture into your soul. Yes. And that's what yes. is really important. So, so like you said, listening to teachings, listening to scripture. Yeah. And here's something else that comes to my mind, Karen, I'd like you to address, is the difference between a child-centered home and a Christ-centered home. Because I think sometimes we make our children into little idols mm -hmm. in our lives and that guilt very often is linked to that but they I don't think it's good for children to be raised thinking they're the center of the universe I don't think you're doing anyone a favor by right. doing that exactly and so people are like well I don't I can't listen to something because the children I'm like excuse me like whose house is this and if you raise them that way, I know for my son as a little boy, we had a station called K-Wave in Southern California that Calvary Chapel owned. And it was just teaching all day long and some, some music. And he would go to bed listening to it. He was raised knowing that that was what was going to be on in the house and right. that he wasn't the center of the universe that I had to just fall dead every moment he wanted to, you know, say something or ask a question, but that, that we loved him, of course, but um, that we were seeking God as a family, and I think that really shaped his um, worldview. That because I I see some families, their children like you can't have a conversation with them. Their children interrupt every sentence where you're trying yes. to speak with them and things. And it's like, no, excuse right. me, you need to just say to your child, if you interrupt me again, unless there's smoke or blood, there will be consequences. Right. Like their children can handle that kind of. You know, I will be with you in a half hour right now. I'm talking to Mrs. McGillicuddy, and don't interrupt me unless you're bleeding. Yeah, you know? right. So, again, I think moms don't take care of themselves because they feel like it's godly to just be this slave of right. their children. Yes. Where's the balance in that? Yeah, that's always a hard one. But I do believe that the more you keep your you yourself God-centered, um, right. that actually models to your children you know, I live in suburbs, and they're very busy suburbs, and kids are constantly in this and that and activities. activities. And so, you know, when our kids were little, you know, we would also be like, you're not the center of our world. Mm -hmm. We have other activities as well. But we made our kids actually pick one activity per season. Excellent. And so, um, you know, at times they're like, I want to be in the play. I want to mm -hmm. do this. I want to do this. But we just said for the balance of the family yes. and to have dinner yes. at night, yes. pick one activity. And when my daughter went to college her freshman year, she called me and she said, Mom, thank you for teaching me that principle of one thing because there are so many things I could get involved in and so many things that look fun. Mm -hmm. And she said, but I'm so thankful that I just picked one because then I can focus on my study and friends. Right. You know, it's important to have those friends and fellowship. Right. And when my kids were little, I mean, up until um, well, they always had a, a quiet time, you know, mm -hmm. and I find parents feel guilty about that, mm -hmm. but I'm like, kids need that quiet as well. Amen. So an hour every afternoon yes. and you set the timer outside right. the door That's right. and you just have to, you know, discipline that with them, that this is important for them as well. Karen, I can't believe it. Cause I've been teaching that for about 35 years mm -hmm. and people tell me we call it feed off the ground time mm, and right. um we i say to your to the parents 
tell your children this is when you pray, sleep, read, or think. Mm. You're not playing games. You're not off the bed. You're not with your dolls. You're not with your Legos. This is the one time where you really develop that spiritual discipline of silence and solitude. Mm -hmm. And of course, there'll be readers because they don't want to do the other four things, the other three things. So they will read, but we're not forcing them to read. Right. But teaching children to be their own best friends and to be quiet. Absolutely. Yes, I think that's so true. Um, also, I was thinking for moms and dads, you know, it's important to have a rest on a Sabbath to try to do as much as you can to have a Sabbath, do as much as you can beforehand, and to just have a good family-focused day, including the Lord. And the other thing is, is that moms and dads really, you need to take retreat, a silent retreat um, to get away. And that's why I love Carol's ministry with Sabbath rest. Mm. And it's a great place to go, little town. I'm looking forward to going myself in Gunthree. <laughs> I can't wait. And, um, yes. you know, and so it's really good to get away. And even sometimes we have couples that we encourage to go do a silent retreat. My husband and I do, our children are now adults and so once a year in the summer, we commit to doing one of our weeks of vacation mm -hmm. as a um, prayer retreat. And we find places mm. that you can go, and it's just awesome. And you and Kevin, I think it's separate rooms, but you meet once a day to pray together. Is that how you do it? Well, we've done both. Okay. There are places you can have separate, and then we get together throughout the day to say what's the Lord saying to you. Mm -hmm. And then we've also found a place in Indiana that actually have little cottages. Oh, and you can stay together. Mm. Um, but he loves to go and walk, and so we still have separate time. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's really mm. precious time. And we find we're refreshed. We have time to hear the Lord mm -hmm. together. Yes. And so. Yeah. I love a place in Illinois called Christ in the Wilderness. Oh, yes. Have mm -hmm. you been there, Karen? I have not yet. Okay. But. It is my happy place. Yes. And you get your own cottage, just yep. like you said, with a kitchen, a bathroom, a screened-in porch. Yep. And I modeled Sabbath rest after it. I awesome. told Sister Julia, she's like my heroine, and I want to grow <laughs> up to be like her. So she's just helped me so much in formulating Sabbath rest because it's so lovely to go somewhere. Oh, and the beauty of, like... A lot of places, what I do at Sabbath Rest is I give people the opportunity to give me their phones. Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit Definitely. like ripping their heart out. But I don't force it. But I just say, I just want you to know that will change the entire nature yep. Absolutely. of your time yeah. here. Absolutely. And that is one thing that we do as well is that we put the phones in the drawer. And Amen. so, you know, we tell family, we just went away for a week this summer and we told family, you know, we'll check it once at night, mm -hmm. but, you know, that's it. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be on the phone all available. day texting, mm -hmm. available. Right. And um, it actually turned out the place we went to didn't have very good internet. Exactly. That's so, what made me think of it, because Christ in the wilderness, there is no reception. Hallelujah. So, yes. So you don't even have to make that decision. Right. <laughs> and parents worry about, you know, of course... What happens if an emergency? An emergency but this is but what they I have was, emergency numbers there. That's what I was just going to say. I say to people, give your husbands my cell phone number. Absolutely. And I promise I will come and get you if they're in the emergency room, so you don't have to even worry about that. Right. You are accessible, but but you know your next door neighbor can't be asking you for recipes while you're on your retreat. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So important. So 
it's important to have Sabbath rest. Oh, and the first time I went to Christ in the Wilderness, Sister Julia said to me, now don't be surprised, she drives you in a little golf cart to your cottage, and she said, now don't be surprised if you just wanna sleep. And I looked at her like, what? What? (laughs) And you know, Karen, I slept for like three days straight. Yeah. I would wake up, eat something, go back to sleep. Wake up, read a little bit, go back to sleep. I couldn't believe it. I didn't even feel tired when I got there. Right. Because you just deny how exhausted you really are. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Do you feel as though you're the only one you know that's using my simple literature-based approach? On Saturday, November 6th, gather your friends and relations for my all-day webinar entitled Begin with the end in mind. Get each family represented to register for the webinar at my website, caroljoyside.com, or click the link below in the show notes. Then spend the day together exploring the easy yoke of homeschooling the Carol way. The seminar will be available for replay two weeks after the event. The good news is you won't feel like the Lone Ranger any longer. Now back to the show. So that's what, too, I've coached a lot of people, pastors, parents, women, men, about taking a silent retreat. And usually they look at me like I did my spiritual director. She's like, I'm off the chart extrovert. And she said, I want you to take a silent retreat. And I said, what, be like by myself all day? And she's like, exactly, but overnight. And so... I was freaking out, and even the morning of the retreat, I said to my husband, I'm sick. I don't think I can go. He said, I think you really need to go. So I went, and man, it, it changed, changed life. my life. But some people are like, I don't even know what to do. And right. So I've actually written an article, my husband and I, and Ooh. you can find it on my website, strengthenyourleadership.com, and there's a, a link there for a blog about prayer retreats. <gasps> Oh, I want to read that. That is really good. I, you know, I should print that out and have it at Sabbath rest. Oh, that'd be great. Because women because people do are nervous, say and to one of the things nervous. we say in there, rest, sleep. That's right. That's my spiritual director said. She said you're going to probably sleep. I'm like sleep. That's like cheating on a retreat. No. She's like, no, no, it's not. You know, Marilyn, your spiritual director, I it was running a, a day retreat that I was at years ago. And Marilyn said the very same thing, and it, it rocked my world. She's like, even today, we were just in a big, we were like in a convent, but we didn't even have bedrooms or anything. We were just in a large room, and um, and there were spaces to go hide in the, you know, in the downstairs of this convent. And she said, don't be afraid, even with people watching you, to just lay down and sleep in this. And, and I was like, really? And I remember doing that. And thinking, oh, that was the best part. Exactly. But she gave me permission. Marilyn did right. the same thing, and it was new to me. Right. You think you should be doing work on this yes. retreat. Yeah. But the work of Sabbath is to rest. And I always call it resting in the Holy Spirit. Mm, that's what she said. Resting in the Lord's arms. That's you know, right. sometimes I just fall into Jesus' arms, mm. and all I can do is sleep. Amen. So. You know, he he gives to his beloved sleep. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Sleep and rest and rhythm of life that helps you do that. But you have to be intentional. We live in a world that wants to run our lives. Have you noticed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, 
you know, we need to really have that Christ-centered where he runs our lives Amen. and be intentional. And, you know, we need to, you know, model that for our children as well, that we don't have to live in a crazy-paced world. I think, Carol, don't you, you know, I know you've talked to me about how COVID, I mean, one of the things I hear from people from COVID, even though it's hard and it's still hard, yeah. is that I'm afraid to go back to the pace of life I had. Amen. They realize that this slower pace didn't kill them. We loved it. We loved it. Especially as an introvert. I was just like, oh, this is my idea of heaven. Right. <laughs> exactly. I just love being having time for silence and solitude. Right. And C.S. Lewis said, all literary people are constantly looking for silence and solitude. Yes. Because you can't read without those two things. Exactly. And that's why I tell the moms, as we talked about feet off the ground time that you recommended yeah. with the timer and everything, I do the exact thing with the timer out in the hall. It's so funny. Mm. We've never talked about it. But that's, that's cool. so cool. That's awesome. But I say to the mother, and guess what? You have to do you're under the same stipulation exactly right. exactly and they freak out when i say that oh i want to clean the house like donna reed in my pearls i'm like no 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 <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> this is when you i said your feet off the ground no electronics and you pray sleep read or think and you can read your bible for a while but i also think you're going to need to sleep for some of that hour every day right exactly which makes you a better mom and all this togetherness when you homeschool oh yes oh yes. my word you never have a minute without your children why you right. know it makes you a better parent if you get some breathing room from each other right. i i was babysitting my four-year-old grandson and when his parents came to pick him up they jj had been on a speaking engagement with his wife when they came to pick Brinker up, you would have thought they'd been away for six years from each other instead of three days. It's so lovely to have space from your child. Yes. You just, even putting them in the nursery sometimes, you know, you pick them up and like, oh, they're so cute. You've only been away an hour and a half from each other. And it's like you've been in Europe. Like, yes. It, yes. it rekindles your right. affection for your yes. children. Definitely. So getting that space from your kids is really a form of loving them well. Absolutely. You know, they always say on the plane, we just traveled lately, and, you know, put your oxygen mask on first in order to help the child. That's right. Um, and I think we really forget as parents that we really do need to take care of ourselves, that that self-care is important, Amen. putting the oxygen mask on. And it seems so counterintuitive because I always think when they say that on the plane, well, of course I'm going to go after my child first. Right. Well, it doesn't help if then if I you pass out. pass out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's just remembering to, to do the self-care. And, it, and that it's a really a way of loving your family. It's not, a, it's it's not, not a selfish. me, me, me. That's yeah. it. It's not mm -hmm. selfish. You know, Karen, with some of the families I work with, I encourage the moms to have their quiet time and to teach their children, because they're a little bit older and they're more yeah. self-sufficient, oh, yeah, that it's very good for their children to see them. And again, unless the house is burning, don't you dare come in here. So right. while I'm having quiet time, you're making your bed, brushing your teeth, and getting dressed. And you're in the kitchen getting the granola and the yogurt and the fruit out, and you're calling me when breakfast is ready. So you're modeling to your children again. They get the opportunity to serve yes. and to learn how to work. But they're also learning that, like I like to say, if the house is burning, you say to the fireman, I'll be with you as soon as I've had my quiet time. <laughs> <laughs> That That's great. <laughs> because That's your children great. are going to grow up to be just like mm -hmm. you. 
Mm-hmm. And so if they see, wow, my mom and dad, they didn't, like a pastor that I had as a new Christian said, don't let your feet touch the ground till you've met with Jesus every mm-hmm. morning. And even if it's reading three verses in the gospel, that's your walking, you know, orders for the day, whatever it is, or to pray, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. And then you go and rescue the baby who's screaming. But just you meet with God first. Yes. And get that contact. Absolutely. What else? Anything else come to mind? Self-care. How about exercise? Yes, exercise. Um, that's another thing and for moms that is important. And I found that, you know, some moms do the exercise with the kids. Yes. You know, right. push them in the stroller. Push them in the stroller and run or ride bikes. Ride bikes. I have a, a niece that rides bikes a lot with her kids. Um, and also I've watched, you know, moms do the exercises on the video or whatever mm-hmm. and the kids are right there with them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a dad that he had a video up that he was exercising and he was, he was using the little baby. He'd hold the baby <laughs> as his know, weight, as his weight. No way. And it was so Great cute. Idea. And he would have the baby on his chest when he was doing this or that. And sit then, up, you know, sit up. So he had the baby there and I was like, okay, that is really creative. It is. But it was so fun. And you could tell that the baby was having a blast. And the little three-year-old was next to him on the floor trying to do everything he was doing. It was so Karen, cute. what a great idea. So I was like, oh, that's so, it just touched my heart. Yes. And you could tell the dad was getting his workout and mm. the kids were having a good time as well. Mm. You know, walks with friends, you know, is uh, important. Yes. And sometimes, and you know, I'm not a morning person, but I have a friend she gets up every morning before the husbands leave and walks with another friend. Yeah. They walk for 20 minutes, and she said it's her lifeline. You exactly. Know, it's one of her friends. And the key is also, I think, the outdoor time. Yes, absolutely. Oh, it helps so much. Yep. And then talk about reading for pleasure as we care for our souls. Well, I think that um, you have to read for fun. That's and right. I know... You know, you have a wonderful list of reading, mm-hmm. and I love, always love to uh, a parent reading novels. And so we would actually, and I know with homeschooling moms, you read a lot to out the loud, kids out yeah, loud. Right. And my husband and I, we just ended up with two children. We lost two and couldn't have any more. Mm-hmm. But we ended up where we would always read a book that was a little ahead of their reading level. Yes. And we would take turns. Yes. So... Kevin would like read Little House on the Prairie with our daughter. Mm-hmm. And um, the fun one that I remember is sometimes I'm not good at allegory stories. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I always wanted to read Chronicles of Narnia. Yes. But I read it with my son when he was in middle school and we had a great time. And so he was able to explain some of it <laughs> to me. You. I have a spatial disorder that I yeah. discovered later. So yeah. that was hard. But we had a great time. And, you know, he remembers helping me. Learn that and understand it. Make the application and the parallels. Yeah. That's amazing. You never told me that. I love that. Yeah. So that's fun. Oh, yes. So reading for fun. And for me, I need to read literature, not just reading for information. Yes. A lot of times, I think a lot of overachieving Christians, we think we've got to be, um, you know, accomplishing something with everything that we do. Yes. And read. Yep. But reading for pleasure, reading Jane Austen, reading Charles Dickens, reading, you know, Henry James, it's just plain pleasure. And the Lord does speak to me through literature. Oh, yeah. But Absolutely. But it's my therapy. Yes. 
And if I don't read, I get really, really mean. <laughs> well, I think as people, as Christians, as and you know, educated people, we feel like we have to constantly be bettering ourselves. Yes. And so we just read, read, read. And so I know we just went on vacation, and my husband happens to be one of those people that likes to read information and I said well you can take one of those books but you have to get a novel yay because you're going to the beach you yes. have to read a novel at the beach. Right. so anyways and he did mm-hmm. and he, you know he enjoyed that mm-hmm. but I always love having something going me too and, and I noticed that you and Kevin are going to be reading Till We Have Faces by C.S. Lewis mm-hmm. and how did that come about well we have a friend who had read it and he told us we were with him the other night and he told us he had read it like four or five times and you're like we've never read that one you know we've run read other c.s lewis writings and so he said oh you have to read it so he shows up yesterday with two copies (laughs) that we didn't have to share um (laughs) and gave them to us so so that is such a dating strategy to be reading the same book at the same time exactly copies of it and we used to do that a lot when we would read you know Mm -hmm. for pleasure pleasure You know, we read a lot of different things. So one of the things I enjoy is saying, you know, so what's what are you reading now? I what are you learning? Yeah. And then he'd see, you know, be like, because I read a novel more. He'd be like, so what's happening in the novel? You know, <laughs> so even though we wouldn't read the same thing necessarily, we would still discuss it. And, and it was just fun. Notes. Oh, that's really a fun idea. Yeah. Oh, so I, I learn a lot from what. He reads and yes. he keeps up with my fun oh, reading. Oh yeah! So I mean, you guys, you're just your mind is clicking all the time, both of you. But you're very different, which is kind of the dynamic and the fun of the relationship. Exactly, mm-hmm. and that's where, as you know, I know with homeschoolers, you do a lot of reading, and so that was one of our priorities of reading to our kids and yes. with our kids, yes. and, and in they front both of your kids. and in front of our kids. Oh yeah, they always saw us reading. That's right. So they're, they're both avid readers. I know, so. see? Oh, Karen, this is such a blessing. Well, would you pray for our families? Yes, and then we'll close. I will. Well, Lord Jesus, we just come to you and you give us each one of these precious children mm-hmm. to love and to parent and Lord, may we remember that you are the ultimate parent of these children, that each day we can surrender them to you. Give each of these couples and moms and dads wisdom how to continue to be intentional about their own Mm self-care and how to stay connected to you Mm -hmm. and to stay strong in you and to be just the parents that you've called them to be. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Miss Karen. I'm just so delighted to share you with my friends and um, feel free everybody to go to strengthenyourleadership.com to get more information about Karen and her amazing ministry. And thank you listeners for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help too. Visit my website, caroljoyside.com, to subscribe to our weekly email and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.